Trigger warning, part of this episode discusses self-harm and suicidal ideation. If you or someone you care for is in need of immediate assistance in thinking of acting on suicidal thoughts, please call treatment locators and helplines in your country of residence, such as 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline in the United States, or Lifeline 131114 in Australia. If you're struggling with mental health, we encourage you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Hi, Chris. How are you doing today? Hi, Karen. Oh, I'd like to say I'm doing well, but, you know, please, I guess I'm getting there. How about you? How are you? I am great. I feel better. I had a little health well, not a health issue. <laughs> it's not my normal health issue. I was just under the weather and I had to deal with that for a couple of weeks and now I feel better. Yeah, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in ages, but it's good to see that you're up and about. Yes, and speaking of that, you don't seem to have the same ebullience that you normally have when I talk to you. How are things? Um, I... Don't really know how to say it, but um, the last few days, um, I've been going back to this habit of rumination, which mm-hmm. I thought I have applied coping strategies for since I was in hospital. Maybe I should talk about rumination and how I came across this word, this terminology, and how I learned the coping strategies. I'll start with that. Yes, please, because I don't know I don't know what rumination is. Yeah, neither did I when I <laughs> went into hospital. This is probably going to make sense if we go back to the first episode when I was talking about, you know, realizing that I was being bullied by my boss. <laughs> And then when we did the last episode, well, the last two episodes about medication and you mean there's help, we talked about how I had to go on stress leave. And the reason why I finally agreed to go on stress leave, well, there were a few incidents, including me breaking down in the middle of that conference, which I talked about in that episode but also on top of that while I was working in that job I noticed that I was always turning up late for work and I would adjust my alarm clock and try to wake up earlier just so I can make sure I turn up on time but no matter how early I adjust my alarm clock I could not figure out why I was always turning up late for work for some reason It just takes me a long time to get ready. And I could never figure that out. I thought my routine was down pat and it wasn't like as if I was taking on too much in the morning getting ready or doing anything more than necessary. One morning, I found myself driving and at the T intersection and having to decide whether to go right or left the surroundings at that intersection wasn't familiar to me. And I had no recollection of waking up that morning, getting out of bed, 
having breakfast, getting into the car, and getting to where I was. I felt like I just woke up. I tried to think, why am I here? Where am I going? How did I get here? It was like as if because I came into a T intersection, I suddenly had to be present because I had to make a decision whether to turn right or left. And just to have some clue as to what I was doing there and how I got there, I looked at my outfit and I saw that I was wearing a golf outfit. So I was probably going to golf and it was probably a Saturday. It's a good thing that even when I know where I'm going, I have this habit of turning on the GPS, but it's always on silent. So I just followed the GPS where it was taking me. And it took me to the golf club. So I must have missed a turn and just kept going straight. And I couldn't figure out why I couldn't remember anything waking up that morning and going to where I was or that it was even a Saturday. That was dangerous because I was driving. It is. Which meant I didn't have any presence of mind at all while I was driving. And then a few months later... I went to the gym. I normally go to the gym at 5.30 in the morning and again found myself driving. But this time, I was in an accident. I actually hit a car while turning right at an intersection. And I don't even remember how I hit the car. And what was going through my head when I accelerated. So was it your fault? I figured it was my fault because I wasn't paying attention. What did the other car say? I looked at the traffic lights and I saw that my light was green, but the right arrow wasn't green, which meant... I can turn right as long as it's safe to turn right. Correct. But because I had no presence of mind, I just simply turned right without looking at the oncoming tra traffic to check whether it was safe to turn right. That was an indication that I was in the wrong. So I pulled over. I was, of course, shaking. And when I had gathered myself and felt calm enough, that's when I started to walk and crossed the street to talk to the person whose car I have hit. And she was on the phone talking to the police, thinking that it was a hit and run, but she didn't realize that I just pulled over and just waited to calm myself down before I came over to her. But isn't that what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to pull over? Yes, but because it was an intersection, I pulled over on the other side of the street. I see. And went into a parking lot. I see where it would be safe to leave my car because my car was in no condition to be driven anymore. My doctor simply said that it was stress and stress could do that. But when I was in hospital, of course, this was probably three, four or five years later, there was one session about rumination. The way that they describe rumination is thinking about incidents in your past experiences that you've had or problems that you are encountering over and over, wondering what went wrong, why it went wrong, 
what have I done to deserve this? And I realized for several years, especially during that time I was in that work, when I was being bullied by the boss, I would always be thinking about events from the previous day or the past few weeks or past few days, repeating all of those events and scrutinizing every single situation and imagining what could have happened if I did things differently. What could I have possibly done to make the boss angry? It's not even so much as how can I fix this, but why? What have I done? Do I deserve this? And just thinking about all sorts of ways that I made a mistake or what I have done wrong. Even when I don't think what I've done is wrong, I would convince myself that maybe when I said this, that was the wrong thing to say. Maybe I should have said this. That would have been better. What I said there was really wrong. I could have done things better. Even if they weren't really the wrong thing to say, it was like I was looking for things that I have said or done which caused the situation I was in or made me deserve the bad treatment that I was getting. You were justifying. You were trying to justify how you're being treated. I was justifying the bad treatment I was getting from other people. Instead of thinking there's nothing wrong with what I've done, it was like I could not accept that people were bad and would treat me badly for no reason at all or unprovoked. That without me doing anything, it's not possible that people would treat me badly. It was like I was convincing myself that it was all my fault and I have control over how people treat me. Hmm. In that session, the therapist was saying that sometimes rumination is good if it's for the purpose of solving a problem. But when you dwell on the why, the causes and the consequences, then that's when it becomes unhealthy because it's unproductive thinking. When you find solutions to the problem, then you should stop thinking about the problem instead of going over and over in cycles and going nowhere. And that's when I realized that those days when I was always late for work, I was actually doing that without even realizing that while I'm going over things in my head, while I was thinking about things over and over in my head, I would actually stop moving instead of continuing to prepare my breakfast, for example. I would be pausing and thinking without even realizing how much time I've spent just thinking and not moving. So is that the same as distraction? I don't know if you can call it distraction. When you say distraction, in what context are you using that word? It was distracting to you. That's why you cannot pay attention to the tasks in front of you. You're distracted by that continuous thought, that looping thought of what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? What did I do wrong for them to treat me this way? I feel like more than the word distraction, I think a more 
appropriate word is obsession. Obsession. It was like I was obsessed with thinking about things over and over. And the daily tasks or the task that I have at hand is the distraction. I go about my day just going through things in my head over and over. And I'm only distracted from that obsession when I have a task that I need to do. Since you were made aware of that, what are the steps that you can do? In the hospital, in that session, the first lesson for me was to try to distinguish rumination from reflection. Awareness that what I was doing was rumination and not reflecting was a good first step. And what is reflection? Reflection is when you look back at your experience, what's happened, or your current situation, and thinking about solutions. Focusing on the how, how it happened, and how it can be fixed. How can I solve this? What can I do to make this better? How can I get out of this situation? Rather than, what have I done to deserve this? I see. Okay. I was still left with a question of how do I then stop myself from ruminating? So when another session came up about coping strategies, I can't even remember the name of the topic. Anyway, one of these sessions was talking about diffusion and described that our thoughts most of the time are so intense that we actually feel like they're real. So whenever I ruminate, I actually feel myself going back into that situation. When I try to convince myself that I deserve this, this is the reason why they did this to me. What I've said was wrong, and that's probably why that prompted that person to treat me badly. I become so engrossed with that thought that I actually feel like it's real and it's the truth. But what that session taught me was that your thoughts are not reality and you have to diffuse yourself from your thoughts. The first thing that you can do to cope with that is to be aware when you're actually having those thoughts and acknowledge it and say, ah, I'm having a thought about whatever that situation is. Ah, here I am again, having a thought about this and that. It's acknowledging that it is just a thought and it's not actually happening to me over and over again. It's not reality. So I don't need to feel the pain of what my thoughts are telling me, what those reasons are why I deserve to be treated badly. At first, when I heard that, that sounds a bit silly. I mean, just acknowledging and saying, ah, I'm having a thought about this. I'm having a thought about that. I can't imagine how that could help. But since I'm already in a hospital and needed help and they're giving me the tools to help me, it wouldn't hurt to give it a try. So I did since then, every time I would find myself ruminating, I would actually say it out loud. Oh, look at that. Once again, I'm having a thought about this incident that happened with so-and-so. Oh, look at this. I'm having a thought about how I deserve being treated this way. And true enough, after doing that for a few days, acknowledging it actually stopped myself from 
going over things over and over again. So it actually diffused me from what I was thinking. When I told my psychiatrist about that, I said I didn't really think that was going to work, but it, she said, yes, and also another form of diffusion is if you find yourself worrying, you can try to imagine yourself grabbing all of those thoughts from out of your head. And because I like playing golf, throw all those thoughts onto your ball so that when you hit your golf ball with your club, you're letting all those worries fly and go away. And that has worked for me. Do you find yourself ruminating less now? After that stint in the hospital, yes, I found myself free of this thoughts. And if you remember, in the last two episodes, I was talking about how all of these thoughts were causing me headache, so much pain in my head that I thought the only way to stop myself from thinking was to put a gun in my head and blow my brains out. Since learning about that strategy, that has helped me relieve myself of that pain once I acknowledge that I'm having that thought, I stop thinking and I stop going through things over and over. And I thought since then, I've already learned how to cope with that. The last few days, however, because of my current situation, which is an entirely long episode altogether, so I'm not going to discuss that at the moment. Maybe at a later episode, I will. Lately, last few days, I find myself ruminating again. Last Saturday, while I was getting ready for golf, and my husband and I normally leave at the same time, at around 8.30 in the morning, every Saturday. I always make sure that I wake up early enough to make it for that 8.30. And last Saturday, I didn't do anything different. My routine was the same. My husband kept coming upstairs and saying, are you ready? Are you ready? I was wondering why does he keep asking me if I'm ready? And then when I finally got into the car, I looked at the time and it was 9.20. I was 50 minutes late. And the whole time that my husband was asking me if I'm ready, I was just sitting in the bedroom with my clothes next to me. I don't know. I just sat there for several minutes putting on my clothes for however long that was. And you can imagine how long that was because he kept asking, are you ready? Are you ready? And that's when I realized that I was ruminating again and thinking about why I deserve this. What could I have possibly done to deserve this? I've been a good person, always grateful for all the good things that come my way. And I always make sure to express that. And yet I feel like I'm being punished because no matter what I do, and I have done everything I can to solve this problem that I have. I have come up with all sorts of ways to find a solution and to get to the next step and make progress solving this problem. And yet, I'm still not going anywhere. Maybe that was the reason why, instead of reflecting, I had gone back to rumination because I have run out of solutions and ways to deal with my problem and therefore went back to just simply asking what have I done to deserve this? I must be a really bad person to deserve this. 
Wow. That is a hard situation to be in. Your situation is not, it's not an easy solution. I mean, I know your current situation. Would it help if, let's say, you just write all this, write all your questions? Because it's obviously weighing you down, even though it doesn't have any answers. Yeah. That's why you keep ruminating. Yeah. Would it help if you write down all these questions and no one has to see it? And, you know, because when you do it just confidentially, you can write everything you want. Everything that you're thinking about, you're ruminating about, put it in, let's say, an envelope. Yeah. And if you light it up, you burn it, just like it's a sign of letting go. Do you think that would help? I guess it would because that's a combination of journaling. Yes. And then diffusion because you're burning it and letting it go. Yes. I mean, I don't know. What I learned from therapy is that the solution actually has to work for you. We can go to the same therapist. We can have the same problem. But the way they'll make you approach it to get over that hump is who you are as a person. And how you receive the advice and how you discern. Yes. And, and who you are naturally. Like, how do you solve a problem? Yeah. Yeah. So my suggestion doesn't mean it's the be-all and end-all, but because you like the visual, I do too. Yeah. But if you physically burn it and you say, all right, I'm throwing this out to the universe, go. Go, I'm letting you go. (laughs) I'm ridding my shoulders of the weight. I'm getting you out of my heart. You've been such a heartache. You don't deserve any more space in my life. I'm not giving you any more space. I'm done with you. Do you think that would help? Well, I'd like to say yes. In theory. In theory. But do you think that's something you could try? I think the key ingredient to that exercise is faith and hope. And that's also what my psychologist has been telling me and even my psychiatrist has said in the past, is there hope in there somewhere, at least? Because for us humans, no matter how destitute the situation is, hope is actually what keeps us going, no matter how bad the situation is. And my fear is I'm running out of hope and I'm losing faith that things will get better. I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want anyone to hear this and say, oh, she's trying to solve her problem or she's trying to pretend she knows the answer. But as a friend, I'm saying this to you as a friend, just because I know you. You should start with putting this in your heart, not just in your head, that you're worthy. You're worthy. I don't think you feel you're worthy, do you? Deep down? I do feel that I'm worthy. 
And most of the time, that's actually what I tell myself that I deserve better than this. I have been a good person. I have always shown compassion for others. I have always tried to give back. You have, yes. I have been a good mentor to people I've worked with. I have been told over and over how much I have contributed to their own professional and personal growth. And I have now come to a place where I can accept compliments like that or believe that I actually have done good and made a lot of great contributions, that I have had a lot of accomplishments or even more accomplishments than probably the average person in my profession or in my line of work. And yet, I still can't get out of this rut that I'm in. And that's why I'm starting to question, have I done enough? What else have I not done? Or was there something that I've done that is extremely bad, that is so bad that I actually deserve this? And that's why I can't get out of that loop because I feel like, no, I deserve better. No, I've not done anything wrong. I've always tried to do good. And that's why I keep going into a loop because I can't seem to find an answer. What if you don't search for an answer? Do you think that would help? That's what my husband keeps saying. Just trust that things will work out since you already know that you've done everything you can. Yeah, just one foot forward. Even if right now you can't see what's there, it's like having a blindfold while you're walking towards somewhere. Yeah. You don't know where you're going, but we keep telling you, yeah, just keep walking. Yeah. But you're like, I can't see. I can't see what's in front of me. I'm not even sure if there's a cliff down here that I'm about to fall down from. Right. What if you write down your biggest worries? Just write it down. You don't need to do anything about it. What is the worst? What are the worst things that could happen because of this? That I'm going to find myself homeless. You're never going to be homeless. No one can ever be homeless in Australia. You don't know that. There's a lot of homeless people here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, I'm making assumptions here. <laughs> You're never going to be homeless just because you have friends. Yeah. Then I'll send you guys tickets and you come here. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I don't think so. This is the extra room. This could be your bedroom. See? There. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, that's one of the things, the worst that can happen, and now we're laughing about it. And you said you could be homeless. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I don't think my husband's family would allow that to happen. But... Yeah, that's why I'm making this statement for a fact. So, right there, you realized 
That's never going to happen. Well, I told my husband last night, you know, we could lose our house. And he said, no, we're never going to lose our house. Situations change. You, you just never know. Things happen overnight. You just don't know. Yeah. Life is short. I like to say this. Life is short. And sometimes, well, a lot of times, things that you plan is actually not what happens. Just like when we moved back to California, we never even planned on moving back to California and it just happened. Nothing is ever final. Nothing is ever cast in stone. Mm. Things could change tomorrow. There's really, there's not one solution. Yeah. But yeah, what if you write that down, I wonder? What if you write it down? Yeah. I should go back to blogging, writing. I've always enjoyed doing that because I know, well, I'd like to think I'm pretty good at it. And also because it's a way for me to release my emotions. And it's also advised by therapists to do journaling. Yeah, you know, for me, when I started journaling, I feel like I'm letting it go. I am ordering it to leave my body. Mm. Yeah. And putting it on paper. Yeah. And then when I read it afterwards, I don't read it right away. But when I go back to it, you know, I feel like I've come a long way. Yeah. Maybe a few months ago, all those things that was weighing on me that I've been writing about. And then I just went back recently and I read it. It actually made me feel like I accomplished something. Yeah. I never thought it would work. Yeah. But at the same time, I noticed that there's nothing there that I was grateful about. They were all things that I wasn't happy about. They were things that were weighing on me. Yeah. There's no gratitude. And I realized that in my moments of despair, I didn't see any light. I never believed there was a light. And reading it back. Reading it back, it made me realize that, yeah, there were actually good things too that were happening during that time when I was in despair. Mm. And that made me conscious now of looking at, you know, also finding the things that I need to be grateful about today. Yeah. But it's a day-to-day decision. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm going to be grateful tomorrow. But I make an effort. The past two weeks has been tough on me. You know that? Health-wise, because I was fighting some kind of virus. That's what the doctor said. Yes. So here I was getting worried about, oh my gosh, is this another disease that I have? And we're going to find out. Yeah. But I had to remember what I read in my journal. I had to remember when I was reading back that, you know, during this time when I was writing about my despair, there were a lot of good things that were happening and I didn't even write about it. Like I I didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. That it was a blessing during that time in my life. So now I focus on that, which is still tough. As you know. But yeah, I I needed that to get in a different kind of headspace. 
as much as possible, I try to do that and try to look for things that I'm grateful for. And that's what has gotten me through days or weeks or months in the last six or even 12 months. The last two years. The last two years, almost two years. And when you messaged me yesterday and said, how was your lecture? Because you know that I did a lecture last Friday. And I said, that was actually the last thing that was helping me keep things together. Yes. And now I feel like a mess. And I think it's doing things for other people, knowing that I am being productive, doing something worthy that other people would benefit from, helps me cope with my situation and remain hopeful. And I'm not going to lie, this podcast is actually one of those things because I feel, well, I'd like to think that we're helping people out there. And that was the reason why we decided to do this podcast, because we said if we can provide insights that at least one person would find helpful, then we would have done a great job. Resounding success. Just one person who finds it meaningful, then it's already a resounding success even if it's just one person. You know, I've been wanting to acknowledge and say this, that I'm grateful that we actually have organic listeners out there. And you and I both know that we don't promote this. (laughs) We don't promote this podcast among our friends because it shows so much vulnerability. And we do acknowledge that not a lot of people are open to, you know, mental health issues. They're not as comfortable dealing with and talking about mental health issues as we are. So we don't really promote it, and yet we still have organic listeners out there. So I've been wanting to give a shout-out to listeners from, you know, we've got listeners not just from the U.S. where you are, several parts of the U.S., if I may add, like Madison, Ashburn. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, or Virginia. Yes, And listeners in Australia, not just in Melbourne, where I am, but also from Sydney and Adelaide and even in New Zealand from Auckland. We also have listeners in Brussels in Belgium, would you believe? Thank you for listening to us. And I hope you find what we talk about helpful. We also have listeners, of course, from our hometown, Barangay P. Thank you very much. And... (laughs) The rest of our Kababayans, um, also in Singapore and Mexico. Really? Yes. Wow, that's awesome. We also have listeners in Mexico, yes. So thank you because at least that serves as validation that we're probably doing something right and we're probably helping people. Well, may I say something? Sure. Of course. Go for it. And this is for you. Not to turn, not that it's about me, (laughs) but I always, actually this podcast, and and I I don't like telling my story. I'm very hesitant to say things about myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm just listening to what you've coaxed out of me, my past experiences. And I never realized I have gone through a lot. I don't want to 
minimize other people's accomplishments. I'm just saying, wow, I've accomplished that and I've gone through it and I survived it. And I'm actually pretty proud of myself. You should be. What held me up? What kept me going? And this is how I deal with or how I solve problems or how I cope when I experience something that's challenging is I always look at other people or even if I don't know any particular person, I always think about, well, I can't be the only one going through this. Role models. You know, you see them everywhere. I just look at them and, and think, wow, if they're doing it, if they did that and they got to the other side, I can do it too. And you don't even know this, but if you ever come to a point where you think you are not worthy or you are not enough, I look at you too and think about what you've gone through. You're one of my role models. And you don't realize it when you think, I don't know, I don't know if I'm a good person or you know you're a good person, but I don't know why I deserve this. I'm not accomplishing anything. You don't even have to do anything. Just how you're living your life, you're already accomplishing a lot. Thanks, Karen. That means a lot. I do mean that. Before we even started this podcast, all of my friends and you particularly, where I think about, wow, she has gone through this. That's tough, what you've gone through. I've gone through what I've gone through, but I've always had the strong support, parental support. That's like the final straw. If you don't have that, it's like raising yourself, raising, raising yourself to be who you are. Yeah. That's a big accomplishment and I do look at that. Yeah. So you're you're more than enough. Thanks. That means a lot. I guess that's a good wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're more than enough, huh? I mean that. Yeah. That's how I go. You're one of the people that I look up to or I use as a model. Yeah. Yeah. So you are enough, Chris. You are enough. I know it's a funk what you're going through, but everything that doesn't feel good right now, the uglies, just leave it out there. Mm -hmm. And then breathe in the positive that's going to happen. Just leave it there and have faith. Am I okay is intended for mature audiences as it discusses topics that can be emotional and upsetting. Stories, experiences, recollections, opinions, or insights shared by us are our own and does not reflect or represent the views and opinions of medical practitioners or other experts in mental health. The podcast or any linked materials should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional expertise or treatments. If you're struggling with mental health, we encourage you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Please do not disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you or someone you care for is in need of immediate assistance, please find treatment locators and helplines in your country of residence. 
such as 988 suicide and crisis lifeline in the United States and Lifeline or Beyond Blue in Australia. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us through our socials and follow us. You'll find our handle in the episode description. Or if there's anything you'd like us to talk more about, you can email us through email at gmail.com. If you have friends or family who you think would be interested in what we share, please tell them about us. They can find our podcast in any directory they get their podcast from. And please go on and rate us. It will let people know about us and find us. Once again, thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.